Welcome to Alaska Black Caucus. Authentic, bold, committed. This program was supported by a grant awarded by the Municipality of Anchorage, Anchorage Health Department. The opinions, findings, and conclusions or recommendations expressed in this publication, program, and exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Municipality of Anchorage, Anchorage Health Department. Thank God for each of you who are, are present as, as of now, both in-house and on live stream. Uh, we've entitled this session this morning, God Breathe, Faith, Community, and COVID-19. And uh, I am Pastor Leon D. May the First. I am the president of the Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance of Anchorage and Vicinity, as well as the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Foundation of Alaska. I serve on the executive committee of the Chugash Baptist Association and on the Anchorage Health Department Coronavirus Advisory Council. I'm presently the pastor of River in the Desert Community Church of Anchorage, Alaska. I've been in ministry over 41 years and uh, we're, we're, we're glad to be here. And uh, since this is a God-breathe hour, uh, we do need God to breathe into this pandemic, into this, this COVID-19 uh, situation that we're in, to breathe into our city, our state, our nation, and our world, uh, that God would breathe some life. In the beginning, he breathed the breath of life into a clay house and man became a living soul. We need God to breathe into this circumstance and, and situation. Uh, yes, we do have, we do have some presenters uh, that will deal with the intersection of faith and COVID on, on this morning. And uh, first up will be the Reverend Dr. Alonzo B. Patterson uh, Jr., who, who is an acknowledged living legend by the IMA. Uh, he served 72 years in ministry, including about 47 years as pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church of Anchorage. He's now the pastor emeritus of uh, said church. And presently, uh, Dr. Patterson, uh, he serves as the director of Alaska Ministries for the American Baptist Churches USA and as, and as executive minister for the Alaska Baptist Churches. The next up will be the Reverend Dr. Francis A. Reed, who served over 53 years in ministry, have served in, a numerous, uh, in numerous pastorates. Uh, she is an author, uh, author of the book Overcoming Addictions, A Guide to Restoring Addiction Damaged Relationships, and that book is available on Amazon.com. She is presently the pastor of the Empowerment Temple, uh, African American uh, Episcopal Zion Church. And uh, following Dr. Reed will be Dr. Ulysses W. Burley III. He's the founder of You Be The Cure, a consulting company on the intersection of faith, health, and human rights with expertise in HIV and AIDS. Uh, yes, he currently is a faith, currently is a faith community engagement ambassador uh, for the COVID-19 Prevention Network Faith Initiative to connect with diverse faith communities to share evidence-based information regarding uh, COVID-19 and vaccines and antibodies being developed 
for its prevention. He holds memberships on a number of boards, the most recent of which is the Advocate Healthcare Board of Directors. Uh, his professional mantra is to treat people and not just disease. And following Dr. Burley will be uh, Pastor Andre Parker, who's been in ministry for 17 years, almost four years in the pastorate, uh, succeeding Dr. Patterson at the Shiloh Church of Anchorage uh, here in Alaska. And uh, he currently serves as the Alaska Baptist Church's State Education Director, the Executive Secretary for the Interdenominational Ministry Alliance of Anchorage. Uh, he is a member of the Clinical Pastoral Education Professional Advisory uh, Group. He's an adjunct professor at Wayland Baptist University in Anchorage, where he teaches Old and New Testament uh, survey. And uh, following uh, Pastor Parker uh, will be Ben O'Dell, who serves within the Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Ben is a recognized expert on facilitating partnerships between faith-based, philanthropic, and community organizations and government at all levels. Throughout his 19-year tenure in the center, Ben served in many roles, including just recently as an advisor at the White House Partnerships Office and as designated federal officer to the President's Advisory Council of faith-based and neighbor, neighborhood partnerships. Uh, yes, and so, and yours truly will be the final presenter as time allows. Would you allow us to, uh, to acknowledge God our Father in a word of prayer? God and our Father, we do thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your breath of life. Thank you for breathing into this session, breathing into this day. Thank you for breathing into our community, our state, our nation, our world. God, we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you to, to handle up on this particular pandemic. God, we need you to put it way even now even now even now god we thank you for grace and mercy and sustaining power uh breathe and blow upon these participants these presenters on this morning that you might be glorified in the process and we might re receive the good thereof in the name of jesus even our christ we do pray our first presenter will be none other than the uh, reverend dr alonzo b patterson jr Good morning and welcome. I'm glad to be here this morning. I would say briefly in the few moments I have that my assignment is to alert you to the urgency of life in the midst of us and not to neglect the blessings when God has placed them within your reach. Uh, there is a passage in the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter and 19th and 20th verse. It says, I call heaven and earth to witness that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life that you and your offspring may live and have the pleasure, un, uh, unquote, of long life and understanding. In this age, when we come to the role of the church or the faith community, uh, and of course, then the role of our society, uh, we this morning, I want to urge you from the uh, pinnacle of, of the church socially that to get involved in surviving anybody can die when they want to but it takes effort to live 
I want to share with you that the church is busy in the community doing some things that I may just lift briefly. One of the major components is at the Shiloh Ministry Center, there are several pieces that are taking place to help you choose life. We have there the, uh, of course, the uh, Shiloh Community Development um, Corporation and the Shiloh Community Housing, the uh, A.B. Patterson uh, Ministry, uh, the Community Table. We have our studio there, and uh, we have quite a bit of thing going on. To this point, we have been serving, and this year, uh, we have brought into the community uh, the, the corporation that are there as one unit have brought in over a million dollars into the community for the purpose of helping you to have life rather than allowing yourself to pass on. And we have served once again over 9,000 uh, persons in the past year and, and so, and continue to serve. That because we want you as the people of God uh, and as God's creation to have life and I believe it is John 10:10, 10, 10 and says, you know, uh, the thief come but to kill and steal, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, which suggests to me that there are two elements of life. One is social life is worth saving rather than throwing it away, and two, eternal life, uh, which is essential if you're going to spend any time beyond the waking hours of this life itself. I want to encourage you, God has a witness today, and that is the uh, community of faith that he has challenged you. You don't have to die, but live. And I want to encourage you to do that as we go forward in the in next few minutes that I have. I also want to challenge you that then before us now that will give us life is uh, the shots that you take. I want to encourage you, stop letting the rumors uh deprive you of hope into the future, but take the shot uh, rather than the pot. Uh, let me coin a phrase here. It is crucial for you because one shot can give you life. No shot will assure you death in this day and time. This is not the first pandemic we had, but it's the first one that we've lived through possibly in our generation. And I always say that we are called to encourage you in our community and in our society. We want you to live because we have a great future ahead of us. John said it does not yet appear what we shall be, but when we see him, we'll be like him. Some of you say, Man, I'm, not, I'm not a Christian, but you're a creation of God. Some say, I may not go to church, but you breathe the same air. And some said, I don't care about the rest of you. Well, we care about you. And so we encourage you to take the shot. You take the, sh take the shot and uh, not the pot. Wear the mask because that's the task. Wash your hands because that's the plan. And we want you to work with that. And that's what God is calling us to do if you're going to survive in this generation. And I want to say this to you in my closing, that if you, if you don't take the shot, uh, we will give you a beautiful funeral. Because you're going to die and not live if you don't follow the instruction. I would like for you to live. And you say, I don't have to take the shot. Well, I tell you what, I've been fixed, so give me six. Uh, I, I don't want to be that close to you when I've taken my two shots and my booster shot and covered up with my math and washed my hands and did all of that. And then you want to come and 
lay hands on me. That's sure death. So my friends and my loved ones and my community comrades and my those who care about yourself, God is calling us in our role to be be concerned about all of society. I'm grateful to the Alaska Black Caucus for uh, calling us together here to honor a great woman and statesman who's gone on to be with the Lord, a Christian for excellence, a statesman who has been concerned about humanity, a social worker in the community, a teacher of the word of God, a mother, a father, and a lady for excellence. I want to, us to remember her today because if Betty was here, what would she say? Take the shot so you can stay, bless you. Good morning to all of you. It is my pleasure and my joy once again to have the opportunity to come before the body of Christ. I am Dr. Frances Ann Reed, and I'm a little nervous, but I think I'll be all right, amen? I see friends in the, in the audience. On February 26, 2020, about 2.40 p.m., I landed at the Ted Stevens International Airport from Nairobi, Kenya, with revival on my mind. Somewhere between the airport and the church, I heard of a disease that could significantly infect, not only affect Anchorage or Alaska, but the entire world. They said it was growing faster and spreading wider than anything they've ever heard or experienced. I don't remember my response because revival was on my mind. However, at the last days of March 2020, on the first end of this disease, a global pandemic is known as the coronavirus, or technically, coronavirus disease 2019, shortly after abbreviated COVID-19. This virus affects the lungs and in the worst cases, kills by suffocation. Here we are today, 586 days later, gathered in this auditorium on this auspicious occasion to honor the legacy of an extremely daring, brave sister, Senator Betty Davis. Yet, we cannot forget that due to Corona-19, there has been hundreds of thousands of cases of infection worldwide with tens of thousands of deaths. Over the long weekend, Anchorage reported 2,842 new virus cases. The state said 724 cases was reported on Saturday, 1,022 cases reported on last Sunday. 580 were reported on Monday, and by Tuesday, another 516. Just two days ago, Anchorage COVID 
reached 127,250 cases and 668 deaths, of which Anchorage reported 54,828 cases and of the 668 deaths, 319 of them were in Anchorage. Though many of us are practicing social distancing, social mingling, traveling, conferences, church gatherings, theaters, restaurants, sporting events, and businesses, we've witnessed life as we know it has come to be a near standstill. This unprecedented crisis in our nation and the world that COVID-19 has created has canceled significant events and activities. We have seen the closing of our schools, parents forced to take on ro the role of the teacher or homeschooling. At the same time, our educational system transitioned to online learning. We live in a time when the fragile form of this world is felt. The seemingly solid foundations are still shaking. Some seems to have a different idea concerning the times in which we live and how we should respond to this coronavirus. Many are overwhelmed and many are just simply confused. At the same time, others dismiss the government's mandate and warnings as an overreaction. So allow me to bring it down to where the rubber meets the road. Do we vaccinate or not? The decision is yours. Just keep in mind that deciding not to decide is a decision. Flirting with, respectfully disrespecting the severity of COVID-19 while ignoring or refusing to be vaccinated, we could very well be playing with the screws on our coffins. Playing the odds is a fragile place to put our hope. Odds like 3% versus 10%, youth versus old age, compromised health versus no history of the disease, rural versus urban, self-isolated versus home meeting with friends, virtual versus on-site, and vaccination versus no vaccination. Playing the odds provides little hope. It is not a firm place to stand. The question we should be asking is, do we have a rock under our feet? A rock that cannot be shaken ever. There is a better way. There is a better place to stand. A rock of certainty rather than the sand of possibilities. When choosing whether to get vaccinated or not, it should be an informed decision and not rooted in fear. 
choosing not to be vaccinated during a global pandemic impact the well-being of your family, your friends, and fellow neighbors. If we want to move forward from this virus, we need to take the mandate to vaccinate serious. As I close, God mandates that we love our neighbors as ourselves. When Jesus was asked which of the greatest commandment in the law, he answered with two commandments, to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. This means protecting your neighbor from sickness and from harm. When a person chooses not to be vaccinated, they are risking the lives of their families and endangering the lives of all their encounters. Ultimately, being vaccinated puts your neighbor's life first and is for the public good. As I depart this podium in your presence, my prayer is that we will join together in choosing to respond to this crisis, this mandate, with peace instead of panic and with faith instead of fear. Dr. Francis Ann Reed, God bless you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Reed. Next, next up will be uh, Dr. Ulysses W. Burley III of You Be the Cure. And as it relates to today, our Faith Community Engagement Ambassador, Dr. Burley. Uh, thank you for that kind introduction, Reverend May, and for the comments of the previous presenters. Let me say how blessed I feel to share in this event honoring the legacy of a woman who embodied so authentically all of the identities that I have attempted to build my career on. Senator Betty Davis was a healthcare professional, a social justice warrior, and a person of deep faith. The world is a better place because she chose to show up in her fullness each and every time, no matter where she was, be it the state house or the schoolhouse or the church house. So again, thank you to the organizers of the Betty Davis African-American Summit for this invitation. I do not take it lightly. Uh, again, I am Dr. Ulysses Burley, and I'm the founder of UB The Cure, LLC, a faith, health, and human rights organization where we treat people and not just disease. I founded UB The Cure from my own experience as a healthcare provider realizing that we could not meet the full health needs of people in hospitals alone, and that there needed to be more attention given to the social drivers of disease to achieve a more complete wellness for society. As a person of deep faith, like Senator Davis, my pursuit of that complete wellness has largely been informed by the very prominent themes of healing and sanctity of life across all sacred texts. In these last 20 months, I've probably relied on my faith as much as, if not more than, my public health training to make sense of this once-in-a-lifetime COVID-19 pandemic. Both have been the basis for my work as a faith ambassador with the COVID-19 Prevention Network, which was formed by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases to bring together the expertise of research networks and global partners to prevent COVID-19 disease by rapidly and thoroughly evaluating United States government-sponsored COVID-19 vaccines and antibodies. As you know, 
COVID-19 has and continues to impact entire communities with a disproportionate effect on communities of color. These communities include people of faith. Understanding the important role that belief systems play in one's decisions about their health. My colleagues and I have been connecting with these faith communities of color in an effort to share the most current and factual information regarding COVID-19 and vaccines and antibodies being developed for its prevention. In the 14 months since the COVPN Faith Initiative launched, seven faith ambassadors who are geographically distributed across the United States have established, trained, and enhanced networks of faith and community leaders to conduct COVID-19 educational activities for communities most impacted by COVID-19, namely Black, Latinx, and Native and Indigenous peoples. The collective efforts of the COVPN Faith Initiative have reached hundreds of thousands of people across hundreds of events that have helped them move from COVID ignorance to COVID competency, from vaccine hesitancy to vaccine acceptance and accessibility, and from medical mistrust to medical accountability and reconciliation. And it's not because we have information that isn't available to the general public. It's because we are willing to meet people who need the information the most where they are, which is sometimes at church or a mosque or a synagogue or a temple or on a reservation or a social location that isn't necessarily a physical place, but a space where people feel at home. That's where health outcomes are impacted. In fact, it is estimated that Medical care accounts for only 10 to 20% of the modifiable contributors to healthy outcomes for a population. The other 80% happens within the framework of the social determinants of health, which play out in one's neighborhood and built environment, including where people worship. In many ways, we see our work of fostering intentional relationships between the biomedical community and faith communities as a form of reconciliation of the long-held belief that what's scientific and what's sacred are somehow at odds with one another. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Faith, much like scientific research, is rooted in the desire for abundant life for all, with healing as a key tenet. There's no better example of this than in the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. Countless acts of restoration that not only mended the physical, but repaired the psychosocial, and at the foundation of it all was breath. According to the prophet Ezekiel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. COVID-19 is a respiratory disease that quite literally takes our breath away. With more than 5 million deaths worldwide and 636,000 deaths in the United States, the covid 19 pandemic is now the deadliest pandemic in American history, surpassing the 1918 Spanish flu. Perhaps the biggest tragedy of all is that it didn't have to be this way. And it doesn't have to continue to be this way. God gave us an opportunity to restore breath in our bodies, to live again with highly effective vaccines and associated treatments. Vaccines and treatments that have saved millions of lives in preventing severe illness and death. Therefore, 
the participation in an effective COVID-19 vaccine that is bringing wellness and wholeness to the world is not just theoretical or scientific, but it's theological and spiritual as well. It only makes sense that the faith community is an active partner in any endeavor to heal the world. And there's a lot of healing left to be done. But let us take this moment to bask in new rays of hope as we seek to safeguard our communities against the viral threat of COVID-19, let us find inspiration in our willingness to rally together in these ways to defeat a virus that took our breath away. Let each COVID-19 vaccine given to our neighbors and our loved ones and our friends be a reminder of our ability to overcome seemingly insurmountable odds. Saints, we have all the science and medicine we need to end the COVID-19 pandemic as a public health crisis. What we need now more than ever is to treat people and not just disease. Beginning with you, beginning with me, beginning with us. Let the legacy of Senator Betty Davis live triumphant in our determination to breathe in spite of doubt. Our determination to breathe in spite of mistrust and misinformation and our determination to breathe in spite of fear. For God has not given us a spirit, spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind to do right by ourselves and each other. Get vaccinated if you haven't. Get a booster shot when you're eligible. And if you still need more information, seek out credible and trusted messages in your community all while continuing to wash your hands, watch your distance, and wear your mask. God bless you, and thank you. Thank you. Well, good morning, and God blessings, and the peace of God be upon you. As been mentioned already, my name is Andre Parker. I'm the senior pastor at Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church here in Anchorage. I do want to take an opportunity to thank the Alaska Black Caucus and all those that have helped to make this uh, third annual Betty Davis African-American COVID-19 Summit what it is. Uh, let me go ahead and say up front real quick before I go anywhere else, I believe in the vaccine, I believe in the mask, I believe in uh, physical distancing, uh, I believe in doing what each one of us need to do to make sure uh, to the best of our ability we can eradicate this virus in our country as soon as possible. With that said, I do wear my mask. I have been fully vaccinated. On Tuesday, I'm getting a booster if the Lord wills, and I'm gonna make sure I stay away from all those folks that I'm not sure of. And I think you know what I mean by that our church has hosted COVID-19 vaccination sites. We are hoping to do pop-up clinics in the future. I say that to say this, I support all of the efforts that are being taken to eradicate this virus. Let me further state that I have not uh, done studies in medicine, but I have done studies in ministry. Haven't done studies in disease, but I have done studies in divinity. Therefore, I stick to what I know, 
And when I need to know what's going on with this pandemic, I talk to the professionals. And I will say to all of you that are out there saying that masks don't work, COVID vaccines don't work, I would ask you to make sure you put your credentials up there with them. Because when I need to know whether it works or it doesn't work, I call a doctor. I call those that have been working with this, that have given their lives to help us be better. And as believers of Jesus Christ, I believe we ought to know that God has put them in place for a reason. I heard somebody say this pandemic breathes, takes the breath away from us, but yet I believe God can breathe life into us. And I don't know who came up with this theme, God breathes, but I believe it's a good theme and therefore I will stick with what is listed. The Bible does not shy away from the world and trouble. It launches each of us into a deep revelation of who we are and what life is all about. From the Genesis account of creation canvassed at the backdrop of a premortal chaos to the seemingly indiscriminate destruction of life caused by a universal flood. Uh, from the promise of a nation's birth out of Sarah's barren womb to Israel's brutal uh, creation or from the bowels of cruel bondage in Egypt, from the establishment of Israel in Canaan to their disestablishment through exile in Babylon, proceeding to their life in Roman occupied Palestine from Herod's most uh, unpoetic massacre of the young uh, to the guilt burden suicide of Judas, from the state sanctioned murder of a blameless uh, teacher to the committed martyrdom of the apostles, from the scattered pleas of the New Testament saints to the desperate cries of faithful martyrs hiding under the altar of God. And through the Bible does not shy away from uh, this world of pain and suffering, it does offer us hope, help, assurance, confidence, peace, deliverance, rest, victory, comfort in all things. So if I may close with what I do know and not what I don't know. And what I do know is that God breathes and God breathes through his word. And if I may leave anybody with any type of comfort on this day, let it be from the word of God. Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the thoughts that I know think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Psalm 23 and 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Romans 8, 35, 37, 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. And may I even add, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or COVID? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Psalm 56, 3 and 4, whatever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I have put my trust. I would not Fear what can flesh do to me. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not, for I am 
with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And finally, Revelation 2, 7, 2, 11, 2, 17, 2, 29, 3, 6, 3, 13, 3, 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches and all the people. God bless you and stay safe in Jesus' name. Uh, thank you, Pastor Parker. And uh, at this time, we'll be favored with Mr. Ben O'Dell, who's live streaming. Thank you so much. And it is a pleasure, a joy to be with you all today here. I want to thank Pastor May for this invite uh, to participate as well as all the organizers of the Betty Davis African-American COVID-19 Summit for the important conversation we're having today. Now, I have to say, I didn't prepare, come prepared to be as inspired and as encouraged as I have been by all the amazing words that we've heard this morning. I have to say, though, you've heard the inspiration. I'm coming with the information now. Uh, I want to be here to support and encourage and lift up all this amazing work because as we've heard so powerfully today, faith can and does make a difference. It makes a difference on many things, but it makes a difference on vaccines too. How we talk about them, how we encourage and support others to get them, how we care and support, how we love our neighbors. That's why something that we know well in the HHS Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. It's why the past four administrations have kept this work in place because our country leaders know that faith makes a difference. Well, you know, research shows that faith makes a difference too. A research report from a reputable uh, PRRI survey firm found that four in 10 vaccine-hesitant Americans who attend religious services at least a few times a year say that one or more faith-based approaches would make them more likely to get vaccinated. Even among people who are vaccine refusers, some of the people we're talking about today that are just so hesitant to get this vaccine, these approaches can be effective. Nearly one in five Americans who say they would refuse the vaccine say that one or more faith-based approaches would make them more likely to get vaccinated. That's more people in our community getting this health-saving vaccine that would make such a difference for all of us in our community. So it's great when research tells us something that many of you, many I knew, but then we see the research, we see that supported. And so, but we already knew that. So we started building resources very early on in this administration to make sure that faith and community-based groups knew about and had the resources available. So let me see if this PowerPoint deck will show up here for you guys, because I want to show you some of those resources. It doesn't look like it. We'll make sure to get those resources to you all as a part of a follow-up. There are many different resources that are available that the government and it has worked with partners to provide. Those include resources like um, getvaccineanswers.org, which can give you a wide range of resources and opportunities to get information. Within that environment, there's a specifically a Black Faith Community Toolkit, which, is which was worked on and developed with faith and community leaders from the African-American community that, that gives answers and gives strategies and ideas for ways in which these resources can come together. And it was supported by the Ad Council and Department of Health and Human Services and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Many of the national leaders who are trying to make sure this information gets translated so that the community has resources it needs. But this is also going on in individual denominations. Um, there's also a resource from the Progressive National Baptist 
that is specifically tailored to that tradition. And we just wanna encourage more and more work like this to continue to connect to resources. But the CDC has also funded uh, worship action coalition guides that help you know how to set, how to help facilitate vaccine access, how to develop vaccine messaging so that it makes sense and connects to your community where you're at. And we've already heard some amazing examples of that today, as well as setting up your own immunization site, how faith and community-based groups can host uh, vaccination sites in your community. Um, along with that, there are resources on wecandothis.hhs.gov that are tailored and developed specifically for our faith and community partners, videos, handout resources, um, um, guides of various sources, sorts, and abilities, short and long, that can give you additional information that can make such a difference in the ways in which we can get this information out into the community. So we're here at in, in DC and as a part of this administration to bring and to help and support and to strengthen and celebrate as well the amazing things we've heard today. And that's why we're so honored to be part of this conversation uh, today. But let me end by encouraging us not to think that this moment of partnering and working together on COVID-19 needs to be the end. Really, it needs to be the beginning of reaching out to our public health departments uh, with our, our health leaders and asking, what are some of the other ways we can take the work that we've done to date and strengthen and grow this work in our community? So we have research that shows that we can address diabetes and hypertension. We can address um, uh, heart health. We can address mental health. There are any number of challenges that we see in our community. And we know, and I think you know as well, through this crisis that we've seen, that faith and community-based partners can make a huge difference, not just on COVID-19, but on the many public health challenges that we face moving forward. So Let's partner together. Let's work together on some of these resources. Let's leverage these strategies. Let's leverage our voices, lifting up our voices to address these challenges. And then let's work together moving forward to address all the many challenges our community faces as we seek to increase the health, increase the wellness of everyone in our community. I'm so pr privileged to be with you all today. Thank you for allowing me to join electronically. Uh, and uh, we so appreciate what we've heard and what we will continue to hear and continue to celebrate as you leaders there in Alaska and around the country and really around the world help us solve this challenge together. Thanks so much for the privilege of being with you all today. Appreciate that. All right, I do want to take a moment to thank uh, uh, as well the Alaska Black Caucus for the continued commemoration and memorialization of uh, one Senator Betty Davis. Express my appreciation to all of the presenters uh, on today, expressly Dr. Burley and Mr. Ben O'Dell. Thank God for uh, each of them as, as well. Uh, in conclusion, in conclusion, one aspiring editor has posed the question and that question is, do we trust God or do we trust the vaccine? And my response to that would be that it's not either or, but it's both and. It's not either or, but it's both and. For me personally, I trust the science in God's hands. I, I trust the medicine in God's hands. I trust the vaccine in God's hands. I trust the mask in God's hands. I trust social distancing 
in God's hands. I trust hand washing in God's hands. So it's not either or, but it's, but, but it's both and. The scripture records in, 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 in the Psalms, the psalmist writes in that 127th number of the Psalms, uh, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except uh, the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Uh, Proverbs 21 and 31 says that the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Uh, and I stand to say that it's all about God. Without God, we can do nothing, but with God, indeed, all things are possible. Uh, what are you saying? I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying we have to trust God. The builder has to keep building, but God is the builder. The watchman has to stay awake, but God keeps the city. The horse is prepared, but safety is of the Lord. And so it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all in God's hands. Uh, I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but uh, all of my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, wholly leaning unto Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. On Christ, not on the science, on Christ, not on the medicine, on Christ, not on the vaccine, on Christ, not on the mask, on Christ, not on the social distancing, on Christ, not on the hand washing, but on Christ. The solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. It's all in God's hands. Uh, I come by to tell you, trust God and vaccinate. Trust God and mask up. Trust God and social distance. Trust God and wash your hands. Put it all in God's hands. Don't hate. Vaccinate. God bless you and keep you is my prayer and i do know that we are we're concluding we're concluding this session where god breathes and we certainly thank him for breathing into our midst into our city into our state our nation our world we thank god for breathing and god we give you glory for this session we give you glory for breathing the breath of life in the man, keeping life in man. We thank you that your breath can breathe life into this pandemic hour. Many are talking about personal choices, but this is about a public ordeal. And so public actions need be taken. And so we thank you for being in the midst of it all, for we know that you watch over the process, that you be glorified, and we gain the good from it. In the name of Jesus, even our Christ, we pray. Amen. Are we ready to go forward? Thank you so much for attending this session. God bless you and keep you. And at about 9.45, the next session will begin. Good morning. Welcome to the Betty Davis African American Summit focused on COVID-19. 
My name is Celeste Hodge Groudon, and I am the president of the Alaska Black Caucus, a nonprofit organization that champions the lives of black people in the areas of health, economics, justice, and education. We are the organization responsible for hosting this summit, which was founded in 2019 and named after Betty Davis, a champion of education and social justice and the first African American senator. This year, we are excited that we are in person and virtual to address COVID-19 as it intersects with education, economics, justice, and health. We know that access to clear, accurate, and trustworthy information is crucial to managing and responding to this unprecedented crisis. COVID-19 has highlighted existing inequities and health disparities within the municipality and throughout Alaska, and of course our country. We're thankful to these trusted messengers who accepted the call to provide information and yes, education to help build vaccine confidence address barriers to vaccinations, and so much more. Anything that pertains to the health of individuals should be afforded the highest attention because of the value of life. Without a healthy population, no community can claim to be thriving or prosperous. As we all know, the future belongs to our children and we do not, and if we do not do something that will keep them in good health, then we have cheated ourselves in the end. So let us renew our commitment and support every agenda that promotes the well being of humanity. As stated in the Word, and in the Word, I'm talking the Bible. And as many others who have since passed away, like the late Congressman John Lewis continuously said, we can't grow weary in doing good. So together, let's do this. I'm asking every leader within the BIPOC community, yes, the black, indigenous, people of color communities, to join the Alaska Black Caucus in signing a COVID-19 declaration strongly advocating for strategic partnership and effective cooperation for the distribution, production, and access to vaccines according to the scientific and medical need with a focus on the BIPOC community. We must link together to get the message out to our communities, stressing there is no time to lose. Vaccines are a public good, we know this, and living without vaccinations puts our communities at risk. So stay safe, 
stay healthy, and be kind. So thank you for that. And with that, I'd love to introduce to you our moderator for this morning's program, Jewel Jones. Jewel has built a long-standing career in local government and community nonprofits, dedicating her efforts and the municipality's attention to underserved populations. Jewel started her career in Anchorage over 40 years ago while holding a leadership or several leadership positions under five Anchorage mayors. Jewel focused on creating opportunities for minorities and empowering young people. During her tenure in local government, Jewel held executive positions in several departments, including the director of the City of Anchorage, Social Services Department, and Municipality of Anchorage. Join me in welcoming Jewel to the podium. Good morning, everyone. And thank you so much for that very nice introduction. I think I wrote it. But uh, sometimes I'm not sure it's me, but it is. But thank you again, uh, President Hodge Groton, for that uh, introduction. And welcome to the morning session. And uh, I am so very excited for the presenters, the people that will have presenting for you, the doctors, who really will tell you the truth. It is about the science, and it is about our faith in God and in the science. Bringing you first, Senator Gray Jackson will bring us greetings from the state capitol in Juneau. Uh, Senator is not able to be with us this morning, but most of us know our wonderful second African-American woman elected to the Alaska State Senate. She was the first uh, African-American to become chair of the Senate in this state. Hopefully it won't be the last time, but she is the, the first. Senator Gray Jackson, welcome. Welcome to the third annual Betty Davis Summit. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to offer a land acknowledgement. Thank you to the Upper Cook and the Delina peoples for their stewardship of these lands. I come with respect for this land that we are on today and for the people who have and do reside here. Let us be mindful, respectful, and appreciative for both this land and its original stewards. The past two years have been devastating for so many Alaskans. We've seen hundreds of our family members, neighbors, and colleagues succumb to this deadly pandemic we know as the coronavirus. I'd like to take a moment of silence to not only honor the lives that we've lost, but to acknowledge them and lift them up as well. Thank you for tuning in to Betty Davis African American Summit on COVID-19 Part 1. Alaska Black Caucus. Authentic